0: Hello and welcome, fellow osmologists to osmology. I'm Sue.
1: And I'm Ben, and in this episode, we'll explore how empathy should be a major part of your marketing strategy.
0: Wah, wah, wah. Ah. I mean in a positive way, but when I say that, (laughs) it sounds so cynical (laughs) to think about empathy, which is a human, lovely emotion, and think about that as being an important facet of marketing strategy. But this is not just a cool gimmick we're going to talk about. This is not just pretend empathy, pretending like you care, right?
1: Uh, Well, you wrote this script, so you already know I'm going to say yes. So let's jump right in.
0: Okay. So Ben and I were fortunate enough to be alumni of an innovation program through the Filing Research Institute. If you are not familiar, because you are not a credit union peep, it is a think and do tank that focuses on credit union strategy and helping credit union members. And we, as I said, we're very lucky to be able to be a part of a couple of innovation programs through Filene. So shout out to them for the first step for us to be able to create a model that captures our audience's most pressing needs. Ben. Yes, Ben. You already know you're gonna get asked this. (laughs) Describe the model that we start with when we talk about empathy.
1: Yeah, so there is this whole methodology to the um, filing, I guess the filing method, right? And one of the first steps is creating an empathy map and um, empathy maps aren't unique to this methodology or anything that empathy maps are used in plenty of other places. But um, if you haven't seen one before, visualize the person um, that you're trying to solve a problem for at the center of a map or a sheet of paper or a whiteboard, whatever that looks Circle. like.
0: Circle, you want to get crazy. right?
1: And then around uh, that person, well, first you describe that person um, and, you know, depending on what you're doing and what you're trying to sell for, um, maybe down to some intimate details, but um, sometimes I suppose you could probably keep it on, you know, a higher level and still mm-hmm. get some good work done. Um, and then uh, after you describe who that person is, you... Uh, Write uh, and uh, bring ideas in uh, around them um, that uh, are all done in a way to um, answer the questions of like, what is this person thinking, feeling, seeing, doing? So like, really putting yourself yourself in the shoes of the person that you just described, um, walking a day in their life, a moment in their life, and you know even that might change depending on the problem you're trying to solve for. Um, and and yeah, like. Uh, Literally writing down here's this thing that this person experiences. They see this happening in their community. They um, have to do this thing to help their family, you know, do this thing that, um, you know, gets them by or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, So, and by doing this, you, um, you know, it's easy to like sit back without structure and just say, ah, I wonder what that person's thinking about. Or, you know, if only I could walk a day in that person's shoes. And by doing that, you can have this nice little inner dialogue with yourself and probably do a decent job at understanding what somebody might be thinking. Um, But you might miss the things that they have to do or right. um, you know you might understand the things that people are saying the things that they're saying to their co-workers their community to their family but you might not fully think about the things that they're thinking or you know the things that bring them anxiety or you know whatever it mm-hmm. might be so um so by doing it in this way that's structured on this map and this pretty little drawing and everything you you really dig in quite Deeper than you would if you did that more casual sit back, like, oh, I wonder what they're thinking kind of approach, yeah. you know what I mean? And then off of that, I mean, now you have all of these statements, questions, ideas um, out around um, this person that you've grown to know and love so much and you just want to solve every problem that they've ever had, right? <laughs> um, and you can start to dive into the next steps of the process, which is, you know, idea, uh, ideating, um, problem identification, mm-hmm. getting to solutions eventually, right? Um, but it, it does all, it's it's clearly very intentional that it starts with an empathy map. So you're uh, solving a human problem for a human, right. and Keeping that human, that human at the center of it throughout the process.
0: Yeah, and when we, when we talk about, you know, sort of identifying that person, at, to whatever level, the problem you're solving requires. I mean, we we're talking demographics, we're talking specifics about, you know, down to what is the makeup of their family, where do they live, what's their education, yeah, you know, just to really hone in on. This idea of a single person who we're going to hopefully be able to help, mm-hmm. and I think the most probably the thing that I took the most from that whole experience of building empathy an empathy map, really for the first time, was you know our tendency in business is to think what does this what is this person hearing about our business mm-hmm. what do they think about our business blah 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 blah. And when you really get down to the nuts and bolts of it, yes, those are important questions to ask yourself, but no, those are not the priority for that person. Right. So to be able to say like, what... I, w- we did one, ooh, my group did one, where we talked about someone who was a, I am um, Definitely a mother, I can't remember if it, she was a single mother probably doesn't matter right now yeah. but the point is to look at look at that person's situation uh, where we're talking about we want to get down to what's a financial product but this person you know one of the insights we had is maybe thinking about what why can't I be a better mom hmm. so you know you get you compare yourself, we know that everyone compares themselves to everyone else. Yeah. So there are all of these conflicts that if they make, even if they don't make sense, my, my personal opinion is, even if you're, you're never going to make somebody feel like they're a good mom, <laughs> but if you can understand, you know, we're not their priority. They have all sorts of things going on that uh, might be a higher priority and if, number one, if we can solve a problem for them, number two, if we can be sensitive and empathetic about those other things that are swirling around in their brain, and also number three, getting down to what are the other things we can do to, um, and this is, this is already a teaser into <laughs> what I do, uh, which is thinking about how content and copy can speak to some of those other swirling thoughts and try and center someone as the subject of what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it's also informative and human. Yeah. And not manipulative at all.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When um, like a, a pretty vivid memory that I have from doing it as part of the filing project. But um, honestly, really, I think any time I've done it uh, an empathy map, um, is like, I'm, I'm reminded every time of how hard it is to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I suppose maybe some of it might just be like that feeling of like brainstorming churn, waiting for your mind to get going. And sometimes when the first idea is thrown out, then, you know, they can really start to roll, um, And it's similar, you know, once you're just waiting for someone to say like, well, here's the thing that I think they're probably doing or saying, um, then somebody else Mm -hmm. chips in their idea and then, you know, you can kind of start to roll. Um, And I do think that it's been most effective to do it as a group, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, you do bring, everybody brings their own biases and their own information into this activity, right? So to have that discussion happening at the same time of building this, portrait of a person and, um, trying to figure out who they are and what their problems might be, um, to have other people around the table contributing to that, checking that, um, you know, everybody plays an important role in bringing this together in like the m- most true way that we can with the information that we have, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it, it didn't, uh, it didn't come easy. Like, I don't think it happens easily. If, if we just knew all of these things about people, we'd be constantly trying to like, Solve people's problems because we right. know everything about them, and we right. know that that's not how the world works, right? So, so okay. Now that we know where we start with this empathy map, this beautiful empathy map that we—it is great. gorgeous in Wait, our minds. What can you do with the insights you gain from empathy mapping? And I know you tease this just a little. I bit. I did,
0: first. yeah. So you can do so much. So
1: much. I it was
0: try. a really good conversation. <laughs> Thanks. I like. So we know. I think I sort of associate it with uh, with the innovation process, right? With finding a gap, finding a solution for a problem. But you, you know, we always we, we talk about all of the time, uh, and frankly if you're pod, if you listen to this podcast and have not heard us say understand your audience know your audience then you need to go back and listen to some of these other <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because we've said it a million times so it is it's about knowing your audience mm-hmm. and it's about knowing you know who is the specific person that I'm talking to because it is never and here's me preaching to the choir to you it is never everybody you can't you can't talk to everybody right so you know that specific person. And yes, sometimes, and I think this is a thing that marketers struggle with, the people that have to work with marketers struggle with, sometimes that means you're eliminating people, right? right. Not in a bad way, right. but you're saying, yeah, no, I... So we're right now we're focused, this empathy map is a uh, single mom, age 25... Um, I don't know.
1: Has student loan debt. Has
0: student loan debt. Whatever. Uh, so no, we're not. We're not going to talk about World War II documentaries because it's not <laughs> Sue's dad that we're talking to here. <laughs> you know.
1: That's uh, not a real life example or anything.
0: That yeah. <laughs> it's much more gun smoke for him. It's more. Ah, we're I not going to. You it. know. There will be no Marshall Dillon <laughs> in what we're doing. Uh, so it is. I think people. Maybe I'm picking on the credit union industry a little bit, but we tend to, we have these big hearts. People around us have these big hearts. We say we don't want to leave anyone out. We're not leaving people out if, for the purposes of what we're doing, we're saying we are talking about, uh, you know, and in our group, I, I imagine it was similar for you, we named them. Right. So we are talking about um, Yolanda Young Mom. Yep. And this is the person we're talking about right now, and this is who we're solving for, because ultimately our job is to solve human problems. Right. Uh, and even, exclamation, as a business-to-business business. To business, business. <laughs> <laughs> we Businesses are made up of people, so our job is still to solve human problems. Right. So there's that, the problem-solving, the innovation side of it. Um, and for me... As a content person, there is also that, you know, placing myself alongside them uh, as far as in a piece of content, if I am writing it for um, young mom Yolanda with her in mind, then the piece of content I'm writing changes. Mm-hmm. And it changes the flavor, it changes the things I'm saying. Um, And, you know, a particular style I use, which I would suggest everyone use, uh, to the greatest extent you can and use it mindfully, is to think about bringing real-life situations, whether you do it for the sake of humor, whether you do it for the sake of storytelling, but bringing those real-life situations into what you're doing to show... uh, Well, you can show a lot of things with it, really. Mm. You can show... um, That either I just understand who you are as a person, I understand your experience, and therefore here's this other piece of information. I can show I understand your experience and I have a direct connection that I can give you to help you with that experience. So there's a lot you can do with it. Um, Or you can just make a throwaway joke, which I'm fond of doing, uh, which that has its own... Strategy behind it too. That that is the human touch. That is saying, like, I am, I am creating this piece of content to be colloquially appropriate. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. when you use phrases like colloquially, appro- colloquially appropriate, you're not being colloquially <laughs> <Yeah>. appropriate. <laughs> so instead, uh, I will bring it into, you know, a side comment, a parentheses set of ellipses, you know, like just those extra stray little thoughts that say, like, I am looking you straight in the eye. I am understanding your human experience. This is for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And from a, you know, marketing perspective, I mean, you're talking about a very specific example of like, right, like content and writing Mm -hmm. and stuff, but it does, it applies everywhere. You know, I mean, thinking of like, I mean, even to like ad placement, you know, I mean, this can help you help inform you like where these people might be and where you need to be so that they receive your message or, you know, if we're talking about the design of something, um, being familiar with that one person with, uh, Yolanda young mom, you know, you have an idea of what might be appealing to that person based on all the work that you did to really get to know them, you know? So, um, that's a really cool, as difficult as it might be. And as, um, much work as it might be to, you know, do it, like there's reward, right? Right. So.
0: Right. And that, you know, I I think that's, I'm glad you brought it up because it's always important to remind ourselves that nothing of this, nothing in marketing exists in a vacuum. Right. So everything, uh, you know, really, really well-formed, deep and wide strategy means that I'm thinking about, even if I am focused on... Content and I'm doing a blog, blah blah blah, whatever. Yep. I'm I, nobody knows. You know yep. what? Frankly, nobody knows what I do. But <laughs> it's <laughs> magic. <laughs> I have to. My job is to also be thinking: uh, How does this thing I'm doing right now connect to other things that we're doing? Mm-hmm, right. Can uh, does this? Is this all? Is there a connection that already exists organically that I'm going to send? you from this ad to this blog or do I need to create a connection which means I have to I should be thinking about taking this blog blowing it up and putting that information in other places because I think it's valuable enough to get it out in front of you yeah. and um, then that whole this holistic experience I have a feeling I'm getting off I am diverging a little.
1: It's okay, because I have a question that is totally going to diverge us a little bit.
0: Okay, good. So (laughs) thinking about uh, this big idea that everything you do is of a piece, right? So you can't, you know, thinking about uh, your brand, thinking about what your brand looks like every single place it goes and the people who support it. Uh, that's that's really what I mean in a meta way, that none of it exists in a vacuum. So I have to, if I think Yolanda Young Mom is an important person for me to talk to for this particular project, I also should be thinking, what have we put out that would tend to push Yolanda Young Mom away? Mm-hmm. And is she important enough to me that I need to make that stuff, I need to downplay it, make it go away? Um or can those two things live side by side without creating conflict for right. each other? Yeah. So to simplify that, because I know that sometimes I just say things and Ben and I understand each other and other people maybe don't understand me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, to say like I we're talking about Yolanda Young Mom, and we're saying to Yolanda Young Mom that young moms are important to us. Um and super simple example if you have another ad that says we don't care about young moms yeah <laughs> those two things conflict <laughs> and you need to really think about what's going to happen yeah. if yolanda sees both of those things right. in the wild
1: yeah yeah
0: and be intelligent about it
1: yeah so the question i was going to ask and i think you've already started to answer it is what does one say to somebody that might ask you know okay so you, you've done the sympathy map you're solving for yolanda um isn't that too focused? Are you too worried about this one person? I mean, you can't, like you said, you can't be everything to everyone, but you also can't focus on this one person, which I know this is this person would be a real butthead to ask this question. I, I, you should, you
0: know. I would say you should leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know,
1: and there, somebody may legitimately ask the question, though, about, you know, like focus. Is this mm-hmm. too focused and, you know... Are we are we gonna have to do this for every single kind of person that we might ever serve? And that's I don't know if you've heard, but there's a lot of people on the planet, and that's very, right. you know, they're all very different and stuff. So what do you say to somebody that asks, if I just asked a question, asks that question?
0: Uh, I, what I say is the same thing I say about everything, which is it depends. What is your business? Now, Yolanda Young Mom, if you if you have a business. Uh, that sells strollers, uh, I don't know, like burp rags, I, whatever. Formula. If you have a business yeah. that is targeted to Yolanda Young Mom and you are asking me, am I not hurting Sue's dad's feelings because I am not focusing on what he needs, then I would tell you, you know what, don't worry about my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not your, he's not in your demographic. And it's all fine. Mm-hmm. Could he come into your store? Is there a chance that there's a life situation where he wants the product you have? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So then what you need to think about is not putting out an ad that says we hate Sue's dad.
1: Yeah. He's a jerk. <laughs> uh,
0: so that's a hyper-focused example. And it, when we talk about industries where it could be, you know, we, we need to be open to a diverse set of people, then you talk, you think to yourself, you you strategize with your team, you have a really honest conversation of who, man, for a conversation about empathy, I really, I feel weird about what I'm about to say, but you have a conversation that says, who's going to make us money? Mm. Who will sustain us over the next... X number of years. Right. And if if that is a group of people, if that is Yolanda Young Mom, um, Bobby Young Businessman, I'm not going to try and come up with any other names that yeah. have alliteration. You get the idea. I get you. <laughs> if it's five different sort of types of people, cool. You know who your people are. These are the people that are going to sustain you. Um, you still need to be good to... Oliver, old businessman.
1: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done.
0: Thank you. <laughs> um, you can't... Uh, I, I was about to say you can't block them out of your business, but you know what? God darn it. You can if you want to. Yeah, right. If you said, you know what? Dude, you, you're you not part of our demographic and we aren't going to put, like, you're welcome here. You uh, You're welcome to use our services, but we're not putting money into you Uh, that's your prerogative. Mm. And in some sometimes that's the right decision to say we're not sustaining. I mean, I think particularly in the credit union industry, I assume every industry, we have old tech and new tech, Mm. and we have some old tech that we kind of pull along because we have people that we know um, have been using it forever and that's what they're used to. And if we said you have to stop using our phone banking and use... Online banking that they would, we know that that exists, and it is sometimes appropriate, although probably very hard. To say, yeah, we can't, we're not going to invest in you anymore, and you are always welcome to use what we have, but we're not investing money in keeping you on old tech, using old, you know, ways because that. That's a money suck,
1: right? Yeah, for sure. Well, and especially in a credit union um, sort of structure where you know we're using members' dollars mm-hmm. for all of these things, right? Um, we do need to be good stewards of that, and yeah, um, you know, to yeah, to keep some old tech around that keeps a small group of people happy just may not be the best use of resources, right? right? So, right, yeah,
0: and you know, and also you know when we talk about age, which I think is it's a pretty common. Sort of delineator for marketers to think about age or generation. Right. What it's important that we think about uh, more about habit and proclivity. Yeah, behavior was the word I was Behavior, yeah. Than age. I don't know why I went to the word proclivity because <laughs> I thought, because that was the fanciest word I could think of at the moment. Uh, because it, as soon as you decide that uh, Oliver, old businessman, won't use online banking, as soon as you convince yourself of that, then you're doing a disservice mm-hmm. to those members. Yeah. You are closing off an opportunity for right. people. Right. You know, in the example I always love to throw out when people say, oh, the you know, older people, they're not going to use these things. We're never going to get them. My aunt is 87 uh, and she does... Bookkeeping for her son's business and has done it all online since online bookkeeping has existed. Yeah. yeah. Now, it does mean that my brother has to provide IT support for her monthly. <laughs> right. And that's fine. Sounds <laughs> like, like fair
1: trade off yeah, to me. Yeah. Like.
0: <laughs> so we can't, uh, even as we, I think I'm coming to a point here, even as we think about that hyper focused group of people, we also can't assume. That no one else is going to be uh, is going to react to that message for right. those people.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah.
0: And on the topic of empathy, I'm almost done. I swear. When one of the things I think about really often is, and, and thinking in the sort of in the DEI space, but I think it applies to this exact same thing. Um, I think people, I know, people ultimately want to be connected to people. And what they like to see is examples of other people being treated well. So I, you know, even if, so if we did, if we did something, if we promoted something that was for a relatively small group of people, uh, there is a certain segment of the population that's going to be like, you know what, that's not me, Mm. but that's cool. Mm. I I like what they're doing for that group of people. And uh, that expands what that audience is and expands the power of that message, right. and especially if, you, if it's not a one-off thing and if you're doing it genuinely.
1: Right, yeah. Okay, I'm done. Well done, good answer. I'm going to take a deep breath.
0: <gasps> As we said at the top, before I went all the way into the bushes, <laughs> we both participated in innovation programs with Filene where we were able to take these kinds of insights and design projects meant to fill the gaps in, in the consumer experience. And the whole point was to look at it through the eyes of that consumer. Right. That is a pretty specific use case. So how can a business who is just hearing this today uh, apply that logic to their day-to-day? If they're not going to call Filene and be like, I want to be in your program, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: what can they do today yeah. with that?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, first off and this maybe feels a little too big but it is the first thing that comes to mind is like if you're not innovating and you're not using this to help you innovate and think about what might be next for your organization or for even like a product or a certain group of people like start now you know like do that now definitely um that you know maybe bigger than the day to day it might be mm-hmm. bigger than a moment or a certain group of people or a certain product or something but um start thinking big. Um, but as far as the day to day goes, I mean, goodness gracious, like have a notebook next to your computer. And, uh, every time that, um, you question if what you're doing is truly impactful to the people that you think you're helping, uh, at any time, like make a note of the thing that you're doing. And then there you go. You got a whole bunch of ideas for, um, Identifying a person that you mm-hmm. might want to empathy map, and then possibly innovating on that small step in the process, or that project that you're working on, or that campaign. You know, if you're in marketing, whatever. So, um, I mean, I think from a day-to-day standpoint, like the possibilities are endless. And yeah, you can't do an empathy map for every task during your day or anything. Who, uh, who is? How is the person that I butted in front of line in the bathroom feeling? You know, we we, we, <laughs> we, we don't have time for that. But um, but no, I mean, I think. Uh, I I can't imagine. I I, like seriously can't think of a career or a job um, where you wouldn't be able to identify a good, I don't need to give a number, a good amount of opportunities Mm -hmm. during the day to pause and consider like, how does this truly help the person that I'm, um, that's going to benefit from the thing that I'm doing, you know, and can I, can this be done better? Can it be done right. a different way can it be improved? can it do we need to create something totally new and I mean I think of I, I don't I, I won't go into a whole bunch of examples but I, I will maybe touch on a couple just to help make the point I think um, we hope it helps yeah we'll, we'll, yeah we hope <laughs> but um, you know this sort of thinking and empathy mapping and innovation and stuff like that, maybe is easier to make a connection to somebody who's like in product development or a designer or, you know, somebody that's, uh, you know, maybe more closely connected to the creation of something, but this can totally be applied to somebody that's doing, um, you know, a repetitive back office task or something Mm that, um, in like almost no way, but an abstract one or a loose connection. Um, in in almost no way, directly helps the end client or customer mm-hmm. person, the human, right? Um, but it's almost a guarantee uh, that whatever they're doing is helping their coworker or right. uh, a group of coworkers or uh, maybe uh, maybe a segment of their client base or something that then does make its way down to, you know, uh, directly impacting that person that we've identified, you know what I mean? So even if there's some perception, like if you're listening to this and thinking we're full of crap... Um, that Number one, you're right. Yeah, right. But well, you are right about We
0: are, yeah. I mean, we're right on this point, but we are also <laughs> full of crap.
1: Right. And you're thinking like, yeah, this is, I don't know how this could be useful to me, like I'm We're telling you. You're, you're probably wrong, right? Like right. there's there is a place for this in like um, any task and um, any role and anyone's day to day.
0: Right.
1: When to use it, when to activate it. You know that might be the more challenging question, right? Like how do you prioritize the things that you're doing or the projects that you're working on to say, okay, like I'm going to pause and I'm going to I'm going to implement this methodology and I'm going to do an empathy map and um, you know go from there because mm-hmm. you you can't do it for everything, right? But Right, And maybe the answers to those questions are driven by um, uh, pain points that have already been identified. Like we know that this thing is painful. We can do this better. How is that impacting people? And then go, or maybe mm-hmm. it's um, based on profit, right? Like um, there's this area of the business that we know is really profitable. How do we squeeze the most out of that? Or there's this area of the business that we think should be profitable and it's not. What's going on there? Well, let's you know dive into that process a bit and, um, and start with the human side of it, which is where the empathy uh, side of things is just, it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I, I want to tell you, you done blowed my mind.
1: (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Because
0: listen, I hate to...
1: usually goes the other way around.
0: I hate to brag about my bona fides, but, (laughs) uh, but I am Greenbelt certified, as you know, in process improvement. (laughs) And I literally never thought about the connection between empathy mapping So what I have thought about is we have to, and this is a thing that I have shouted in your face multiple (laughs) times, you have to think about the whole process. You have to think upstream and downstream and everything that's happening and how it's affecting people. Um, But I have never really put that connection of like, no, when I say think about how it's affecting people, think in an empathetic way. Think Mm -hmm. what are the other stressors that... uh, might be outside of this process or what is, the, uh, what is the training that you're going counter to when you try and force them into the pro- process or whatever those things are, you know, upstream and downstream, thinking about it from an empathy standpoint is probably the key to making all of that work. Yeah. And if you, uh, if you are in process improvement if you, uh, and you're looking at a process... Definitely take a pause and say, you know, who are the people from beginning to end involved in this? And how can we, to the greatest extent possible, make sure everyone's happy? Right. Content. Right. You know, all to the extent that we're getting the best at the end of the process.
1: Right. Yeah. So, speaking of the end of the process, like the outcome here of, thinking with empathy, leading with empathy, maybe implementing practices like this into the way that you're doing things is... An outcome is exceeding expectations, right? right? And again, that might be for a coworker, exceeding their expectations. It might be for Yolanda Young Mom. It might be for the exact person that you're trying right. to solve this problem for. And we know that um, like exceeding expectations is what keeps... Business is in business. It's what keeps uh, you know makes growth happen. Um, like satisfaction isn't enough, you know.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And uh, for my money, it's never been. We have never had a more fertile environment to exceed expectations.
1: Hmm. Right.
0: <laughs> and I and I've been saying that for a lot of years, but I think the uh, with the state of the world with yeah you know, what we've all been through in the last two, three years. Yeah. uh, It is absolutely the time to think, you know, what can can we do right now that exceeds what people expect from us? Mm -hmm. And then uh, because it's going to be easy.
1: Mm.
0: It's going to be low-hanging fruit. Right. Right? And then you can start at that low-hanging fruit and grow it from there. Yeah. Okay, now people expect us to open the door when we say on the sign that we're gonna open the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the next thing we can do? Right. You know? Yeah. And and it becomes it becomes a habit. It becomes what people expect of you. And that at the end of the day, that is what anyone's customers want. Yeah. They want to they want reliability. They want expectations exceeded Mm -hmm. um and then step four everybody makes money
1: yeah right (laughs) yeah yeah so i think we're getting to the point of closing the loop here on empathy right um i think that one byproduct of everything that we've been talking about that i think is helpful to at least verbalize is that like once you start doing this and um, implementing it into how you create things, how you think, how you how you do your job, or and I guess the point I'm getting to is how you live your life. Mm-hmm. An awesome byproduct is that empathy can become like ingrained in who you are as a person, how you think about other people, and um, not only just like with your coworkers, but with your family and stuff too. You know, so when something happens that catches you off guard, instead of saying, "What were they thinking?" you say what were they thinking, you know? And, you know, you get into the person's brain as as best as you can and you put yourself in their shoes and um, instead of, you know, rushing to quick judgment or something, you Mm -hmm. maybe put yourself inside someone's mind and heart and think about how they could be affected by things you don't even know about. And maybe that changes the way that you react to a situation or you react Mm -hmm. to them or whatever, you know? Right. It's right. a pretty sweet outcome of thinking this way professionally. It probably is a pretty big personal advancement too.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, not to fluff your ego, but that that is a hundred percent a thing I rely on you for when when I have like lost my mind to be the person to say, "Well, okay, so let's not assume that that person is inherently evil." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What if they aren't? Once right?
1: in a while, I'll go down that road. It'll be with like, you. yes, no, that person—the devil. <laughs> <laughs> You're right; they are the devil. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so thank you for that. Yeah, it's 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 a great point to think when you start to think about everything through the lens of what does that person need. Yeah, um, it opens up. It, it makes I think it makes a lot of things you do in business and personally easier
1: right for sure yeah well let's just keep this train going I think by doing that um, and you know flexing or strengthening that muscle right you um, you also gain this skill of being able to tell people what you were thinking mm-hmm. or you know tell people what you need you know and so it it's just like these little steps that kind of create healthy relationships, healthy communication, and um, so so we can just keep the devil out of it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, but not today, Satan. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so we, I'm, we'll have lots of goodies to share about empathy and maybe to get people going on this uh, in the links and all that stuff, which we'll talk about when we wrap up. But before we wrap up, Let's dive into our something awesome segment where we share recommendation for things that happen to us that are awesome. Great. And we just have to tell. So, um, I am going to share, uh, I'll share with Sue who will then share a link to a (laughs) super cool article, um, that I don't know, it's mind blowing to me. I still like, don't know if I can honestly wrap my head around it, but, um, what it's about is the James Webb telescope, which Mm -hmm. was launched in the later part of 2021 and is now sending us back amazing images of the universe. And so I saw, I did the thing where I saw like a social media headline about this and just kind of kept scrolling by it. And then for some reason it popped back in my brain and thought, oh my God, that's kind of amazing. I need to figure this out. And the headline was something like, X number of galaxies in uh, the size of a grain of sand. And I was like, wait, okay, so what does this mean? Are we going like Men in Black where we're like reversing, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So uh, people that know Men in Black will the, get the reference know that there, the yeah.
0: galaxy is in Orion's collar.
1: Exactly. Right. right. So um, upon doing a bit of Googling and figuring out what they were talking about, there's an image of... Um, I should have had the exact number, but I mean it's hundreds of galaxies. So galaxies, which contain billions or trillions, whatever, of stars and planets and all the all the other galactic galactic goodness, right? Um, and so the the James Webb um, telescope is incredibly powerful; can see super far into the universe. And this picture that shows all of these galaxies to put it into scale. If you were on an ocean or on a beach and you picked up one grain of sand, which sounds really hard to do actually, and held it between your fingers and held it out at arm's length, the grain of sand would be the size of that picture. So, like, you know, I mean, and then like put that up against the size of our sky, you know, mm. and just to like, as I'm saying it, like I can't wrap my head around like the vastness, you know what I mean? And it makes you feel incredibly small, you know, like compared to the rest of the universe, uh, the rest of humanity and I guess that's, you know, I guess the, the thing that I think is beautiful about it is like when you start to scale it back from the vastness of the universe to the vastness of our planet to the size of our communities, the size of our families and bring it back to yourself, like... Um, I mean, you can't help but feel like this really, really small part in this huge system Um, and that might be daunting on one side, but also like on the other side, I think it's incredibly powerful to know how like we as a single human being can provide huge influence on the people around us, on our communities around us. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, maybe influence a whole planet, but to keep that in perspective of where the planet is in the, (laughs) in that whole vastness, you know what I mean? It's, um... It, it's interesting how uh, um, it's both like empowering and also allows you to like let things roll off your back because you're just this you're just this one person in just
0: like a part of that piece big system of there. sand.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I, as you were talking, I was trying to Google. That's why I picked up my phone. I'm not like catching up on my text. That'd be pretty rude. <laughs> but it makes me think of that Einstein quote, and if I mm. could get. We're. For those of you who don't know, we record in the basement, so getting <laughs> getting good quality Wi Fi uh, <laughs> can be a challenge.
1: The Wi Fi is tough in the basement. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to find a quote from uh, Einstein that that made me think of. That happened to pop up uh, in my Facebook feed. Mm. Here it is. Wait. Okay. Uh, once you, can ex- once you can accept the universe as matter expanding into nothing that is something, wearing stripes with plaid pants comes easy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So the, yes, the vastness, the enormity of all of that of the universe makes you kind of go, well, yeah. you know what? <laughs> I, I dropped my Coke today. And right. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure.
1: I suppose the danger of the slippery slope is um, maybe falling into a place of like uh, with no hope or total, something. To- right? Or total chaos. Nothing matters. <laughs> yeah, nothing matters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're just part of this deep, ever expanding nothingness. Um, yeah, that would be a dark place to go, I suppose. But let's stick to the warm and cozy side. Go check out that picture. Even like the, the photo of the galaxies is just absolutely amazing. It's yeah. super cool.
0: And Feel free to wear plaid and stripes. Right, yeah. If that's what you gotta do. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> Love it.
0: Okay, so my my something awesome, I, I am still kind of like, I'm still getting over the rush of this thing. Uh, it's an experience we had from a company. It's, it's a company, it's a group of actors. They do this thing called the Dinner Detective, it is a murder mystery dinner, which we went in Green Bay. It was at the Hyatt. You do like, you know, convention chicken. It's fine. It's a good yeah. meal. Yeah. Uh, but the experience—it's a live experience in the conference room area mm-hmm. uh, where everyone's seated down to dinner, and they have uh, actors have somebody gets murdered. Some detectives come in. I think, they're, I think they're doing improv. I don't know. Mm. I hope they're doing... Yes. Yeah. They're improving. They bring people out of the audience. It, it was funny. It was scary while well, you sat there wondering if they're going to pick on you out yeah. of the audience. <laughs> they did pick me out of the audience. Oh, no. And, uh, and, which, and it was so funny to me because the pretense that they picked me out of the audience... Was uh, they, you know, once they, the one detective guy comes in and says, you know, once you get so far into an investigation, you have to have a lineup. So we're going to get a lineup. Mm. And it was like me, uh, five foot four, brown hair, <laughs> a guy, six foot two, blonde hair, another woman, uh, probably 5'11, long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And they like, they stand us all up together. And I turn to the guy, I'm like, you can't hardly tell us apart. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the, det- the guy playing the detective goes, exactly. And that's why we have to do it. So we had to go through these things where we had to, um, oh, we had to do an evil laugh. We had to show how we sneak. And then we had to pretend to stab someone because the murder victim was stabbed.
1: Wow, you had to do all this in front of the audience. In front, oh and you're God. like
0: right center in the room, so everyone is like turned around so they can see you. Yeah, oh my do goodness. that. Yeah. So highly recommend. And also, they told you uh, so you could win. You could fig- if you figured it out, you would get a prize. Oh, nice. Uh, but you could also get a something to take with you if you just did a. Positive review. So Uh I definitely did that and I got a shot glass. Nice. But I don't know if I get extra points for shouting them out on this podcast. Probably not. Probably not. But this is my review. Highly recommend. I will add the link. And I think there are troops like this all over the country. Okay. So it was a really fun evening. Yeah. And you definitely should do it.
1: Super cool. The Dinner Detective. The Dinner
0: Detective. Love it. Yeah. So much fun. Speaking of links, we will have links. Oh, we got the links. All so the links. So you will be able to find them pretty much wherever you find this podcast. So you can go to, always go to our blog, exclamationqso.com slash blog, and you'll see this episode and you'll see the links that we share. And you can also find us on your favorite podcast app, and the links will be included there as well. If you head over to our blog, we always encourage people to go back and look at our other episodes or on your favorite podcast app. Smash that subscribe button. I don't think smash I've ever said it. that, but now I want I just wanted to do that yeah, like today. It. Smash the subscribe button. Subscribe <laughs> to us. We do this if this is your first time listening. We do this monthly toward yeah. the end of every month. Yeah. And um we are hoping to grow that. Yeah. So please like, share, comment, yeah. smash us, that let, subscribe yeah. button. For
1: real. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you want yeah. us to talk about or who you want to have on the show. And yeah, or we'll if do, you want to be on we'll the show, we'll do our darndest. Yeah, yeah,
0: heck yes, you can be on the show.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in. Thank you, Sue, for all your work putting together our episodes. You do such a nice job. We had a great discussion today. This is Sue and Ben, your self-proclaimed professors of awesomeology, reminding you that life's awesome if you make it awesome. We'll see you next time.